welcome back to the Act Two Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. <laughs> and, you know, please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of the things we're going to be doing soon. <laughs> and write a com. You know, I think about sometimes people who, like, come into this podcast, like, on this episode. Yeah. And how much they probably think we are just a, a mess of a yeah. podcast. Anyways. Um, you can DM us with questions, topic suggestions, or if you just want to say hi, give us an update on how you're doing post-strike, you can do that at act2writers at gmail.com, all spelled out, or on our Instagram and Twitter at act2writers. I'm on Instagram at Story Thursday and Twitter at Tasha 3.0. And I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. And welcome, new listener. Just know we do have our stuff together. It's that we, we just say the same thing in the beginning of the episodes, and Tasha and I hear it every week, so, you know. It bores me as much as it bores you guys. <laughs> it doesn't bore me. I can see you being bored by it, though, so I, I laugh. But it's important to subscribe and to rate and yeah. to write comments. It's important, so we got to get out of the way. Business first. Business first. We've got We've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. How are you, Tasha? I'm great. I'm living with Aloha. You're just we did a self-care <laughs> episode a few weeks ago and now you just you got your back from Hawaii. Back from Hawaii. I have a new lease on life. I understand what being one with nature feels like. Oh. And just being present. Yeah. You know, Josh, just being present. I'm very aware of being present. Welcome. So uh yeah, living with Aloha. How long is this gonna last? It's really anyone's guess. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try till your first first note session. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, I'm still nursing a broken ankle. Yeah, how's it going? Living with Aloha. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. I've been why well, this is this is you know something we can get into, but I've been trying to stay productive. Been been getting stuff done, and uh, you know. Just getting by. You saying we need to uh, get into this week in writing? <laughs> yeah. This week in writing. How have you been productive? All right, Tasha. I think I might have talked about this in a previous episode, but yeah, I've been writing. I have just been held up writing. My wife and I wrote a pilot. Wait, wrote a pilot? It's done. It's done. I submitted it to group. Oh, I'm shit. I'm going to get notes on it. Uh, I told Jay-Z I'm going to be sending you a pilot. And so he's in. And that happened very quickly. So hopefully- Can I ask, did Nicole get in on the actual like writing of dialogue? So yes, but every time she like, you know, took control of the computer, I took it back. And I was like, just please, like I'm too much of a, you know, control freak in this nature. Let me just type it. I like to do double dashes. I'm sorry. This is, yeah. this is non-negotiable. <laughs> just let me put this stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, our setup actually, so I'd be curious to how other people do this, but I had my computer mirrored to my television and oh. so Nicole would be sitting next to me and we would just kind of go through the script. And, oh, um, I like that. Yeah. And I did do a little sneaky pass where I kind of just changed some things 
and then she found out about it but i was like it's too late i've already sent it to my group <laughs> your name isn't even on it <laughs> I, I did it I put it on so anyway yeah that's that I've, I've 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 been productive i feel like more productive now than during the strike and when i was talking every week that i wasn't getting anything done that's amazing should i go break my ankle outside no and see if that helps absolutely okay. not <laughs> what's going on what's your this week in writing well so i don't have any spec check this week in writings so okay i'll start with a good one yes. one of our act two mentors reached out to me to update me on how her latest mentorship has gone and i just thought it was worth sharing because it was so nice uh, first of all for those of you who don't know we offer a career mentorship in partnership with coverfly where we partner one of the Coverfly Red List writers with one of our professional writers in Act 2. They do this six-month mentorship for basically all things having to do with a career in screenwriting. So as I said, one of these mentors reached out to me and she said that her mentee was super awesome, extremely talented, could not say enough good things about this person, and that she's now repped at her management company. And that's like, that's such a cool, that's such a cool end of a six month journey there. Wow. You know, I know it's big. That is actually really nice. She gave her, oh, you know what? That's so appropriate to that. You're, you're setting the theme of our topic today. It's true. I should have made that my last this week in writing. It's okay. But no, that's great. We should have on one of the mentees at some point and maybe discuss with them the mentorship pro uh, program, just see. I think that is a fantastic idea, Joshua. Just came to me. All right, Tasha, I have I have another one. Okay. I went and saw the Taylor Swift movie. Okay, Air, go the on. The Eras Tour. Yeah. Sat down at the iPick. I ordered a full bottle of rosé. Wow. Yeah. Popcorn? Is this a popcorn situation? Popcorn, red okay. vines, raisinets. I went in, dumped it all together. <laughs> and rosé. And rosé. Did the mixture. <laughs> so I... I, that, I bring that up because I'm just setting the scene that I may have had a little bit uh -huh. to drink inside of Taylor uh -huh. Swift, but it was quite the experience. Was it? Everyone was dancing. Really? My daughter included. People were like standing up off to the side and just, it was like, I didn't know it was just a concert. I thought it was like a behind the scenes type thing. Yeah. It's just a concert of Taylor it's Swift. It's the concert. Is it like multicam trying to make a movie out of it or it's like pretty much just No, no, no. It's definitely just multi watching. it's multicam. It's it's very cinematic at some moments. Okay. I will say I'm just kind of, I'm I'm listen to all the Swifties out there. This is not a knock on Taylor Swift. I love her songs. But as an NFL fan and then also a person who saw the Eras tour and someone who's on social media, I'm starting to hit the tapped out limit yeah. of like, all right, all right, cruel summer. I love it. Maybe come back next summer. I need some of these <laughs> songs to like just just chill for a minute and then let me get back into uh, Swift in a little bit. But it was it was just a, a really crazy theater going experience. And she released it herself, by the way. She didn't have a yeah, distributor. That's right. Um, it's just all very fascinating. This whole Taylor Swift thing. But yeah, just, she's a phenomenon. She it's is incredible. Total sold out theater. So worth seeing, even if you're not really like a Taylor Swift fan. It's long. It's How like long is long. Like three hours long. Wow. Yeah, it's like a legit concert. Yeah. Is there like an intermission? <laughs> no. Which also contributed to my 
era's tour alcoholism. I just yeah. could not stop sipping rosé. I was I was just like in a trance. Yeah, I I've mentioned wanting to go see it just because it is such a it's just a I don't know, I guess a defining moment in our pop culture. I don't know. Do you like Taylor Swift? You know, I'm an OG Taylor Swift fan, so when she was country is when I really liked her and really listened to her. When she got more poppy, I stopped listening to her and Wow. And she's fine. You're like an she's emo fine. Taylor Swift fan. You're like, like I don't want her. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I heard her first. <laughs> she's mine. She, I <laughs> understand. New that. Taylor. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I understand. But just from like a movie going experience, this is it's just really it's it's a it's a concert in a theater. Okay. And it just made me think about Marvel films, how they are big tentpole, kind of like these bigger, larger than yeah. life things. And that's, I'm not saying this felt like a Marvel film, but it, it felt like, oh, we should see this in a theater. It's a concert. Huh. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to go. I think we're going to go. Okay. All right. Well. That's about my level of excitement for it, I guess. Yeah, settle down. Settle down. <laughs> okay. My other This Week in Writing is a listener question where um, a listener asked us, how long does it take to write a script? And what is the timeline of the different steps along the way? And for me, the answer is different if you're talking about a professional timeline versus a personal timeline. So professional, if you're paid to write something, this is the time that you're typically allotted in your deal. Well, whereas personal, of course, is you just banging your head against the wall in your own room, writing your original spec. And those timelines can be vastly different. But I did want to start with breaking down what the professional timeline is because it does give us a good idea of how long it can take you to write your personal stuff if you try hard enough, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a model to motivate us. And I will say that for my own personal stuff, I am not good at doing it as quickly as professional stuff. And it's something I'm working on. And all of this, by the way, should be there should be a caveat mentioned at the head of it, which is Josh and I have both heard stories of feature length scripts being written in like four days or some being written in years, like takes years to write them. So that's out there. But basic professional timeline for a feature script would be 10 to 12 weeks. That's your typical writing period. Once you get notes back, your second pass, your revision pass is going to be about two weeks less than the original time you were given for the full feature length. So that means your second revision pass is going to be eight to 10 weeks. And then if you do something called a polish, which studios consider very light work, so it's going to be scene work, a dialogue pass, a comedy pass, a character pass, which even as I'm saying that, I think we all know those can be a lot of work. But a polish usually doesn't mean a structural change. It's going to be more, more scene work. And that can typically be three to four weeks to do that kind of work. Uh, meanwhile, a feature outline is usually anywhere between four to eight weeks. It really depends. And then another part of this that we should consider is that at least when I'm hired to write a feature script, I usually want to finish it at least two weeks before that 10 to 12 week deadline. So if I'm given 12 weeks, which I typically have been, I want to finish my V1 within 10 weeks. And the reason is, is that I want to send that draft to Josh, to my writer's group. I want to send it to my manager. I want to get eyes on it before sending it to the very unforgiving eyes of the people who paid me mm -hmm. to write it. Because we all know that your V1 is always rough, no matter what 
kind of writer you are. It's just your first pass. It's your first version of ideas that you're spraying across the page. And when studios or production companies, they hire you to write a first draft, their version of what they imagine a first draft is, is actually very different than what a first draft actually is in reality. Because they're not writers. They're expecting it to be at a certain level. So when you turn in your feature in 12 weeks, it better be version three or four, basically, by that point. Because by then, you'll have wanted to get Josh's notes and go in and trim scenes, finesse dialogue, do some more scene work to really tighten it up and get it to read really well. So it feels really polished. And you look like a hero when you do that. Yeah. And that really applies to all the steps. Outline, revision, polish. I try to do those within like giving give myself like a two-week cushion if I can before before turning it in. And then for personal timeline, Josh, since you write more specs than I, do you have like in your head a kind of standard timeline it takes for you to do your outline and your script? No. I mean, I want to yeah. be done with everything in like two months, three months. I would say- Everything, meaning like outline to script? No, I would say more the script. Sometimes the outline, I'm a little bit more patient with. I bring it into you. I bring it into group or, you know, I to I send it to group. I'll spitball ideas with people, with you and Dave, whatever it is. And I'm a little, but once like the outline is locked, then I'm moving forward and expect to have something done in like three months. Yeah. Two months, really. Two months. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. It takes me years. No, no, no. It takes I mean, that, me listen, so that, long. That's, that I say that as someone who didn't still working on that script I was writing four months ago like I haven't like yeah I, like I just got stalled but when it's when it's flowing and I'm like oh this is it this is it this is it I know this is the right idea I need to keep pushing on it then I just finish yeah so it doesn't always happen in two or three months it can take much longer but that's generally like what you aim for right I, I beat myself up if it takes longer and the other thing is so, sometimes I've written things without my reps knowing and those actually can take a little longer, but when I kind of put myself on the clock and I'm like, "Hey, Jay Z, or I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing something," then I'm a little bit more um, uh, accountable. I think. Yeah. Now, now it's like out there. Right. Yeah, accountability is so important. It's why writers groups are so important. Totally. Get stuff done. Before we move on, can I just say one last thing? Yeah. Because you kind of just made me think of this. Is you sent a link of how people outline. And mm. I watched the video in it and I won't get into everybody, but something that I found interesting was Tarantino came in and he basically said he'll only outline up until the first half of the movie. And he, the reason yeah. he does that is because he feels like he gets to know the characters more and then he can figure out where the story goes after the first half. Does he know how the movie ends? He said sometimes not. For instance, he talked about Kill Bill. He was like, obviously she's going to kill Bill but he doesn't really know how it gets there. Yeah. I should also just mark that this is obviously for writing a spec. And yeah, there's a part of me that understands that. But when I write outlines, I have to kind of have like turning points. But I definitely yeah. understand the like, oh, I'm going to change and pivot midway through this this script because I've done that millions yeah. of times. I think that really helps me. And I'm really glad you said that because on... Um... I guess, quick spec check on the spec that I'm working on, which I haven't worked on since the last time we talked. I keep feeling like I, I'm scared to keep going because I don't feel like I know where it's going. Yeah. And it's important for me to remember that it's okay to not know where it's going right now in these early stages, that a big part of these drafts is just getting to know 
what my character wants, who she is, what she cares about, so that I can t- figure out what the movie is and what I care about. So thank you for sharing that because I needed it. <laughs> well, then just real quickly, uh, not a counter to it, but the yeah. way that Uh-oh. Vince Gilligan said he does it oh, is no. he was like, he's so big on structure. And he was yeah. like, I need, to him, he was like, dialogue is secondary, structures primary. And the way I think he described it was, dialogue is like the cherry on top of a sundae whereas like the sundae is actually ice cream whipped cream and all these other components and then the cherry just yeah. kind of like yeah okay made it just a little nicer sure we're gonna put that video in the description of this of this uh episode. i feel like we should do an episode on i mean i guess we did an episode on outlining no, but yeah no, there, it's, it's, it's a really good topic to just hear how because another thing that's a good reminder is there's no right way to do it. It's just totally. how you how your brain works. But I, I relate to the Tarantino way. I really do. Like yeah. Sometimes you're writing and you're like, I love where this character is right now. It's a little different from the outline. It kind of organically happened. And I think they're a little different than I thought. And therefore, this movie is going to be a little different in the second half than they yeah. anticipate. But anyway. All right. <laughs> I guess we'll get into today's topic. Let's go. <laughs> All right, we are talking about all the various ways to get a rep. Yeah. An agent or a manager. Josh and I both have our own stories. We've talked about them a bit before, but I think now that the strike is over, reps and writers are kind of fired up again. And we saw this topic floating around on Twitter and we thought we would revisit it because it's an important topic. Yes, people tagged us in it. I think it was brought up a few times and and it is... It's an endless conversation, how to get a rep, how people have done it. And from this Twitter thread, there's been multiple different ways, but maybe just as a rehash, Tasha, how did you get your reps? I hate going first because my, my story is all weird because it's contested. Okay. The memory of what happened oh. is contested. Do you know, mine's, but... mine's a little contested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. The way that I remember it happening is that I was in a writer's group with Josh and Dave, friend of the podcast, and uh, another member of ours, Manahan. Now, this is apparently not the right story. Dave, friend of the podcast, said that this is not the way it happened, but this isn't what's ingrained in my memory, is that Manahan went on a hiking group, like a, a, a meetup, if you remember, meetup.com. Um, he went on a hiking group to, to meet people because that was the kind of guy that he was. He liked to meet other people in Los Angeles and network. And sure enough, he met someone named Pete Letts who was leaving his company as a development executive and starting his own management company, which meant that he desperately needed writers. He needed clients in order to make money because this was now his job. And so Manahan introduced him to Dave. And maybe this is how it happened. Introduced him to Dave. Dave, uh, he loved Dave and said, hey, do you know any other great writers? And Dave recommended me. And then that's how I joined with Pete. But Dave didn't end up signing with Pete. I did first. Dave went somewhere else, I think. Whoa. First. Oh, poor Dave. He's going to have to dispute this. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Regardless, it was this. It was sort of word of mouth. It was like also right place at right time, right? This guy Pete was leaving his company and starting his own thing. And he desperately needed new clients. But then Pete left. I'm going to take a step back. Pete got me my agent, so he was able to 
um, hooked me up with various agents in town. I interviewed at several places and I ended up liking Gersh the most. And so I went with Gersh and I don't think I would have, well, I know I wouldn't have been able to access any of those agents without Pete. Pete legitimized me as a writer, Mm -hmm. as someone who was embarking on a career, someone who was legitimate um, enough to get me in the doors of several agencies. Now, before Pete, I had met with a couple reps, a couple managers, because I had I had done really well in the Nichols Fellowship. So I'd gotten in like the top, like the semifinals mm-hmm. of, of the Nichols Fellowship, which is really hard to get into. And so that list of semifinalists and above are sent out across town to various managers, much like Pete, right? These these managers who are usually younger, hungrier, looking to rep mm-hmm. an unknown person and build their career from the start because it's harder for younger reps to get in on someone who's really well known because they're a nobody themselves. So they're looking for fellow nobodies in a way. So I met with a lot of other young managers a lot. I think it was like two. And I really wanted to like jump on their bandwagon. It's so hard to like have a manager sitting across from you. It's taken you so long to even get in that seat. I think we had drinks somewhere in West Hollywood and I was like, how do I not blow this? I need to be repped by this person. I'm finally going to have a career. But then he started pitching me a career that I didn't want. He's like, you're going to be like the action person. You're just going to do action. And while I love action, as you know, I also love fantasy and sci-fi and world building. And that's not what he was seeing. He was seeing me as because I was a woman I could do action and that was very unusual and he could sell that. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't end up signing with him. There was one other guy that I didn't really jive with, actually someone that you were repped with for a while. I've met with them and I was like, I don't like his personality. It was too much for me. We talked about this years ago. Oh. So I, like, we had, we had lunch and I was like, okay, cool. I think we both knew like we're not right for each other. And then this, this Pete, this Pete guy came along and then Pete left the business and I was like, fuck, what do I do? You're just left with nobody. Luckily, I had my agents at the time, so they set me up kind of a reverse. They set me up with managers to meet, and no one was really working out. And then, God, how did this meeting happen? Um, I forget the start of it, but I met with my current manager, Michelle, because she knew another writer that I knew. Hey. And she was also looking, she was leaving her current job as an executive and starting to work with female writers. So I think that's how she got my name was was through this other writer that I knew who's like, oh, there's, you know, here's a bunch of female writers that you should meet with. And so we met and I immediately loved her. She immediately loved me. But then she got a call actually when we were having coffee that she got a new job as a production executive. So she moved on to become a production executive, but she wanted to keep me as a client. So I am her one client <laughs> and she's, she's still a, a producer, but she's my manager as well. And that's how that happened. Oh, I didn't know you were her only client. I'm her only client. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I love that story. No, I mean, I know we've talked about this, but I love it because it kind of has, I think, what we're going to get into a combination of everything. There's a little nickels. There's a contest element to it. There is friends putting the word in. There is a cloudy story that Dave's going to maybe dispute. (laughs) Uh, yeah. The the funniest part about the Dave thing is that 
This was once disputed before. I can't remember. Maybe what you told was the actual story, but yeah. Dave like pulled out receipts. He he got he had the <laughs> emails and showed us. <laughs> and, and, uh, but my brain still won't soak in his truth. It just won't do it. I can't it. remember though how much different. I think what you said was the truth just now. Is it? Maybe. Okay. Anyway, should I go? I think it's your turn. Okay. The Austin Film Fest. Oh my God. I've talked about this so many times. I'm just going to breeze through this. I, I won at the Austin Film Festival and I got an agent who's still my agent. Wait, you can't you can't gloss over that much. How did you get your agent from um, Austin Film Festival? Oh, I won this. I wrote a script, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this script uh, and then I got a call. I'm still a little cloudy of when that call happened, uh, either like directly after or I met him at the festival like after the award ceremony and it was like, hey, wanna read your stuff? Like you sent me the script. And then it was like, when we get back into LA, let's meet. And I was like, great. To be completely honest, I got a few messages from a few other managers and agents, but I looked, I mean, I, he, I looked him up. I was like, oh my God, this guy seems great. And, uh, and so I met with him and I was like, all right, yeah, I like this guy. And then he introduced me to a manager at that time, the manager you had referenced, who, and he and I did, you know, we got along at first, but that relationship went really, really sour. And in yeah. the process, my agent had, had introduced me to multiple managers, to be honest. And he, and it was like, maybe I would have done things a little differently had, had not, if I, you know, knew what I now know, but um, right. I signed with this one manager and he and I had just a horrible breakup. Like it was, it was, it was a bad Hollywood breakup. Yeah. I would love to talk to him again to kind of like bury the hatchet maybe. Really? Not really, but I would love to talk to him again <laughs> and just kind of get his side of the story and maybe yeah. he was going through something at the time. Um, yeah. That's so, you know what? Aloha, man. Oh, freaking aloha, man. <laughs> but yeah, you know, but yeah, time, obviously I like, I look back and it's like, I know Hollywood's crazy, but that's actually important because if anyone does, or excuse me, if you want to break ties with a manager and they proceed to publicly shit on you in a group email thread with a whole bunch of people, just know other people have been there <laughs> and and it's okay. It's this right. too shall pass. This too shall pass. I didn't write back. I didn't call. I, I, I remember not engaging, but now I'm going down a whole other road. But um, so... That manager and I didn't work out. Yeah. And then, um, and not a public shitting, internal shitting, excuse me. Um, yeah. And then, so that manager and I did not work out. And then I said I needed some time. And then I talked to Tasha at our writers mm -hmm. group who had met with Jay-Z. This is my, this is my yeah. version of this story. And I was meeting with Jay-Z because at the time I didn't have a rep either, right? Because Pete had left. So I think that's why... I'd met with Jay-Z and I think I met Jay-Z through a tracking board that I was on. I think so. And I hit him up or he hit me up one or the other. And then we met and I don't think like we jived either. But in that meeting, I remember being like, hey, <laughs> I know someone you jive with. <laughs> I know a guy. So I met Jay-Z and we did hit it off and we are still together. The reason I say there was a little cloudiness in that story is because 
I had once asked him, and he didn't remember that part. Like he thought I was referring <laughs> to somebody else. He didn't remember me at all. Right? <laughs> it's like I met Tasha. Who? So yeah, so that's that's my story, and I'm still with Jay Z. But again, this ties into a competition. You, yeah. You know, my friend connecting me with him, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that to me seems to be the most common sort of organic way that it happens. It's a bit of a long game, I guess, because yeah. you have to write a script, you have to join festivals, you have to do well at the festivals. It took me a while to do well at Nichols. That can be unappealing to many people. And it, and it should just be one avenue, by the way. You absolutely should try every single avenue that, that you can. But this was a, an avenue that really worked for us. And then, of course, the networking part of it, which is just making friends in the industry. Josh and I became friends because we were in a writer's group. Um, that other writer I mentioned who mentioned me to my current manager, Michelle, um, I knew her because we had both joined the WGA at the same time. So we were both in the same, um, we were we were partnered in the same kind of mentorship group. They they sort of buddy you up when you join the WGA and they give you a really successful <laughs> WGA member as your mentor for like the first six months that you're a WGA writer just kind of guide you. And we were like eating dinner together um, as our first meeting with this mentor and we we hit it off as friends yeah um so that's how that's how that happened but you can't you can't fake that or you can't fabricate that so a lot of it is living in la and meeting people and taking jobs here as pas and assistants as you're coming up and yeah so what we thought we would do well i interrupted you well, i was just gonna say what is like that do you have any idea of what like the networking scene is like currently now yeah I bet it's tough because so much is over right. Zoom, but I'm assuming, you know, assistants still work with other assistants. And I, so I came up in development. For those of you who don't know, I came up in feature development at Universal. So I was an assistant to a development executive. So a lot of my quote unquote networking came from just working long hours with the same assistant over and over again. And finally, we would just be like, hey, you want to grab dinner sometime? And oftentimes that was just to like, Ugh, get frustrated stories off of our chest about our bosses right um or to just we knew that we were never going to be assistants forever and one day we might work together as professionals and so that was a big part of what was on our head on our brains so i'm assuming that still is accurate yeah. i'm assuming all these assistants are still doing all of that maybe that's what the act two uh meetups are for that's what the act two meetups are for it's a good leg up to start making friends that could uh, turn into part of your network. So definitely subscribe to the podcast <laughs> so you don't miss out on our updates of what our next meetup is for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what I thought we would do is go through this thread that is kind of what inspired this, where a bunch of writers chimed in on how mm -hmm. they got their managers. And we're going to kind of go through a couple that we thought were interesting, but also direct you to the thread because there's a ton more that give you, again, multitudes of stories of how people get their reps that can be really helpful. Yep. Okay, I'll start. Do it. So one person just said LinkedIn. That was, I, this was, I was like, <laughs> whoa, what? <laughs> I know I've never heard of that working before, but I've, I've never really was on LinkedIn. I, I never thought that that was sort of a viable website for our industry. But clearly it is, guys. LinkedIn was one of the stories that was on here. Um, and then I'll kind of tell the story of what this Act 2 mentor said 
in her story about how her mentee got a rep, which was that the mentee who comes from Coverfly, Coverfly's Red List, and Coverfly is really, really great if you're not familiar with them. They offer a lot of programs for writers who do well within their system. So writers who, you know, place in any of their contests or are really successful on their red list, they have these programs that they um, have you do generals with executives that are out there and good executives too, like at major studios. Um, and part of the program is also meeting with managers. So she didn't say specifically that it was a Coverfly program that her mentee did to meet these managers, but she did say that it was a manager meeting program, uh, I'm assuming through Coverfly, mm-hmm. where you meet with several managers. And I've definitely done this in my time, but it was more um, like I've done, for example, pitch fests, where you are told there's going to be managers, there's going to be agents, there's going to be producers, and you pitch them for five minutes your idea. And I don't know if you did that in college. We did that in in film school. And I remember going to those thinking like, this is it. This is my shot to like, this is going to be my Hollywood moment. Yeah. Five minutes and the producer is going to be like, we need to make this movie. Here's a hundred million dollars. And that never happened to me. But really, I feel like it happens to someone. <laughs> it has to. Like-, like this mentee who got a manager. That's true. So this mentee, she goes to this this manager meetup program. But before that, because she was so awesome, her mentor mentioned to her rep, like, hey, if you end up coming across this woman in any of these programs or you get her script across your desk, like, know that she's really, really amazing. And so her manager gave a heads up to their management company's rep who was going to this event. So it wasn't the mentor's direct manager who was going to the event. It was someone within the company. But even then, the word got down to that person, hey, right. look out for this this writer. And so got to the program and sure enough, they loved this mentee script and they ended up signing her. So that was a combination of word of mouth and a special program to meet managers that I'm assuming, again, this writer got through Coverfly. Well, I do want to just shut out that LinkedIn. <laughs> I took Josh's. Um, now, well, this is... I, I'm just bringing this up. We kind of even touched on this, but this is, I just singled this out because this one woman wrote, I had a good relationship with someone that I met at an agency because we both like to gab about the real housewives. She sent my script to a manager who was looking for comedy writers. Just always be writing and seek out people you like. It'll happen in ways you don't expect. I feel like this is the most common way is just you're, you're, you're friends with someone. Someone's looking out for you. Yeah, I agree. And then something we haven't talked about. A cold query letter and several good, tight sample scripts. The query. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the end of it? Yeah, that's it. Short and sweet. The query letter is interesting because I have a friend who has gone this path as well. He does not live in Los Angeles anymore, though he did. And he successfully got a manager through cold queries. And what's interesting, query letters I used to do when I was an intern, and I never got success with them. But I knew that it was the only way... (laughs) Back in my day, we faxed the uh, query letters. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but <laughs> they never really worked for me. And they I, I would say rarely do because, because there's no person behind it, right? And it's so easy to say no to a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It's harder to say no to a person whom you've read, who's really interesting across the table, whom you're starting to enjoy and you're sharing jokes with. Like, it's harder to say no to that person. But I get a piece of paper I have countless times deleted emails of people submitting stuff because it's much easier to do and I don't have the time to, to read through things. But 
yes, definitely. I mean, Jay-Z has even posted about success, how he finds uh, clients with query letters. Yeah. Now, the query letter then becomes a very specific mm -hmm. thing you have to write, which I think we should do an episode on, sort of the perfect query letter oh. to help people out on this. Get Jay-Z um, Because, again, my friend, also named Josh, was able to find a rep and, and also to find um, producers who were interested in his stuff. So, like... For example, if his rep wasn't doing a lot of legwork for him, Josh could still query a, a big producer that he knew from maybe a panel that he saw at a Comic-Con or something. Excuse me. And then the, the the producer would read it and be like, oh, that's interesting. Have your rep send it to me. So he, because he had a rep, he still had some legitimacy enough to get kind of past the other query letters. Sure. But he did the legwork through the query letter. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a viable way. Yeah. Jay-Z, John over at Bellevue. He, I mean, he's open about this, at least open about it on Twitter. He seems very receptive. And that's something that I actually really love about him is he's not closed off and he's still, he's still kind of out there looking for new clients. It seems like he doesn't shut that door, which is something I really appreciate about him. But going through Twitter, social media, well, probably just Twitter, seems like a really good way to get an understanding if your manager that you're looking for is open to taking just certain query letters. Yeah. I'm going to step on your toes because I just yeah. want to give a quick other Twitter thing. Yeah. Well, three things. One, there were a lot of mentions that people connected with reps through Twitter in this thread. Uh-huh. And roadmap writers and Coverfly. I'm not just saying Coverfly because we're connected with Coverfly, but those names kept popping up throughout this whole thread. And They did. Yeah. It's just Those were big ones. Something to maybe keep in mind. I'm sure the obviously scoring high on the blacklist. Comp like these these competitions still are very beneficial. They are. They're very beneficial, and it sucks that they cost money, but it is it is definitely a viable way. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a few now, and and one woman said her eventual future manager followed her on Twitter, and then read eventually like liked what she's posting on Twitter enough to read some of her scripts on Coverfly, and at that point she had been on the red list and was kind of receiving accolades. Uh, within the Coverfly community. And so that gave her the legitis legitimacy enough for him to be like, okay, I like what you're saying on Twitter. I liked what I read and you're clearly doing well. And he approached her to um, send him something else that she was working on mm. and then signed her. There is. And that seems to be a common yeah. story here throughout this whole thing. Um, someone else mentioned script pipeline. So this person said that they won a few screenwriting competitions, and then eventually Script Pipeline introduced them to his reps. And again, that's another contest thing. There's option. There's, I know, the stunt list. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, I think, something that's gaining a lot of steam and I, from what I understand is is great. Roadmap, roadmap writers, Coverfly, Nichols. The Blood List is another Blood big list. one. It's Dude, horror. naming off competitions yeah. now. Yeah. There's, there's options. And I feel like, you know, it's interesting because it feels like there are a lot of options, but it does somewhat feel a little like, okay, you do the competition route, you query, or you get connected. Yeah. Like those are like the three major chunks right. of how this all happens. Yeah. I think that's right. It's just that those three directions have so many avenues to get yeah. to them. There's... And there's no right way to do it, but those seem to be, I mean, you obviously have to know, you have to know someone to, or you have to win. You have to get yeah. in front of them somehow. 
And that's because you know someone that they know or because you impress them somehow um, through a query or through a competition. You got to write a script. Got to write good script. And I think it was interesting, one of the, the comments I read earlier where she said, even though this guy had read two scripts of hers, he asked for another script. Mm. So that's something to consider too, because if you're looking from the rep's point of view, they want to make sure that you're a writer who writes. You're not just someone who, because who knows, it could have taken you five, 10 years to write the two scripts that ended up on cover flight. Do you have new material? Are you going to be someone who keeps writing? Because if I'm going to sign you and then I need you to write a new script for me to try to sell and you can't get it done, then what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. And so a big thing that they're going to ask for is another script. So be ready have your scripts, have a bunch. And if you don't have another script and this opportunity comes to you, you get a call or something, um, have ideas. Yeah. You should at least have ideas, be excited about them. I've lied before and said those ideas are outlines <laughs> or that sure. I've started the script, but be able to back it up. Um, yeah. Last thing I'll say yeah, is, and I've talked about this before on this podcast, I was caught flat-footed with not having an idea when I first signed with my agent uh -huh. and only because I signed off of like an action comedy but I had been writing if you remember I kind of wrote like a sci-fi thing I was writing uh -huh. rom-coms like I was kind of still figuring things out and I had ideas for like action movies but I, I wish I was a little bit more prepared especially when I got into Austin and beyond I should have been much more aggressive yeah it's so hard to write one script it's like it blows your mind to think you have to write more and be ready. <laughs> and you're like, what? Shit took me like two years. <laughs> yeah. I yep. don't know. But you got to churn scripts out in 12 weeks once you start working. <laughs> yeah. But that's it, Tasha. That's our rep story. That's it. Again. Yeah. If, if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, share with us your rep story. What is your unique story that helped you find your manager or agent we'd be curious to know and i'm sure all of our listeners would be curious to hear how how it happened for you because that's all they're all good lessons and even if we you know I, we've gone through several managers in our lifetimes if we lose our manager i'm gonna need help finding another one right so it's useful to everyone at every level totally i'm gonna try to get that manager on who and i he and i didn't work out i'm gonna see if maybe we can no you're not patch it up over the uh, i don't believe podcast. you High drama on the Act 2 podcast. Oh, my God. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. A screenwriter's currency is a finished script, not an outline, a take, a beat sheet, a rough draft, a finished script. F. Scott Frazier. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act 2 Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter. Josh Hallman on Instagram. And as always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Mm -hmm.